We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the latest episode of the CSGO Sky Podcast. This is your boy Steven here with you, hosting. I'm alone this time. We're going to send our best regards to Chris as he has some personal things he's taking care of. So I'm here solo today. So welcome again to the show. And I'm here, not in studio, but having a great guest come through. The one and only Coach Shimmy Gray Miller is joining. Coach Shimmy, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me, Steven. And hello, everyone out there. So if you don't know, or if you don't recognize the voice by now, Coach Shimmy is one of the best play-by-play announcers that the Sky have had on the live broadcast for their games over the course of the season. So obviously and naturally, that brings a great opportunity to not just connect, but also have a great basketball mind to run through a ton of the different things that the Sky have had going on this season. So again, welcome, Coach, and let's go ahead and get to it. (laughs) All right, sounds good. Works for me. All right, so first things first, um, Kalia Copper signing that multi-year extension with the team. There was a lot of gray area um, thinking about what might transpire in the offseason following the season where the head coach that had been with her for her entire tenure left the team about halfway through. Uh, Different things up in the air as far as the roster goes, ownership changes, a lot of things kind of going into everything pertaining to her decision. Were you surprised by her signing the extension and not taking this thing into free agency? Or is this pretty much how you expected it to go? Um, no, I was I was surprised. And I think if anyone out there says they weren't surprised at how quickly, you know, this got done, I, I think they'd be lying unless they just knew, you know, had the inside scoop. Um, but I was surprised because, uh, you know, Ka is an all-star, you know, she's a three-time all-star. She's a champion. She's a finals MVP. You know, she's in the prime of her career, Steven, like, you know, she would have drawn a lot of attention on the, in the free agency market. You know, you know that I know that you've watched her play enough. And so I think with what you mentioned, with everything being up in the air, with the roster being up in the air, with the coaching situation being up in the air, that alone, just that alone, not knowing who your coach is going to be, would be enough to make an an all-star like Ka kind of pause and go, you know what, I'm not uh, totally against coming back, but let's wait a minute. Let's see who they're going to bring in and what we're going to do as far as like what this new ownership is going to do as far as practice facility, things like that, before I make a decision. So the fact that she signed, you know, when she did on that day, instead of going, that was huge. I think I don't, I'm not sure. And, and Lisa and I, we mentioned it a few times on the broadcast because it broke while we were on air. And I'm not really sure if people understand just how significant and what a big deal that is. I mean, she is a franchise player. Um, so I was surprised, but pleasantly surprised, Stephen. So excited for the sky. The, uh, for the you know organization, for the team, her teammates, but most importantly for these fans, you know, because this year was rough. This year was rough. The sky is used to a certain level. They have a certain expectation now, and this year was tough. And these and these fans showed up every single night when there's a lot going on in the city of Chicago in the summertime, and they showed up every night. So congratulations to everyone involved here. I think you said that perfectly, given so many different adversities and 
even more so of the spontaneous variety that came up even before the season started. And then after the season started and they started getting games rolling, things really just kind of really grew spontaneous from James Wade to the injuries to players like Isabel Harrison in the preseason. And then, of course, Rebecca Gardner, another key cog in the rotation out after, I think, the third game of the season. And then just a ton of different just things going on with the team. I think you made a great point in speaking to how that could sway or at least cause for pause in a decision in terms of committing to a franchise long term, especially with so many unsureties surrounding things like you mentioned with the practice facility. They said they want to do it, but there's no target date as far as when it'll be up and running. And, you know, there's a lot of different things like that that, of course, went into decisions that ultimately led to players that became staples for this guy leaving the franchise after last season. So to see Khalil Copper, like you mentioned, latch on to the team long term uh, before the deadline and not taking this into the summer or into the offseason, rather, I think it was important. I think that's the ultimate vote of confidence that she's given. And that should give ease to anybody that they may be looking to potentially um, speak with in free agency, whether that be a superstar level player or a role level player or even a reserve. It's going to be having a having the franchise player locked in like this is going to definitely um, help long term. And I think I, uh, um, I agree. I agree. I, I, and I think that says a lot about her character. Um, You know, it says a lot about her character and who she is. And she's clearly what her her actions have shown is that she's loyal. You know, she's loyal. And and there's a lot to be said about loyalty, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, superstars and money and their money. Especially in this climate and in this era of superstar and just athletes in general, uh, whether that be on the men's side of basketball or the women's side. there's a lot that goes into those things. Sometimes it's things we do know of, and sometimes it's things we don't. But it's just its a great thing to see that Kai is going to continue to be the franchise player for the Chicago Sky moving forward. And I think that's the perfect segue into speaking about this team stapling their fifth consecutive um, ticket to the playoffs. Um, obviously, they did it following a win against Minnesota on Friday. That's a team that they've had back and forth with for – I don't know how long at this point with Cheryl Reeve and company in rotation over there and all that they do in terms of running their franchise. I think it was an impressive win, and you can kind of just give some Cliff Note-type thoughts on uh, what you saw in that game and how you feel like um, just them rising to the occasion with all the pressure and all of the, you know, the opportunity that comes with going against a team like that to get to the playoffs. Well, first of all, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the Sky, they were down – because uh, I was, I didn't call that game. I was there as a fan. I had my Elizabeth Williams jersey on. Yes, I was sitting, yes. you know, in the third row. <laughs> uh, I was there as a fan, and um, but still trying to watch. And if I'm not mistaken, Stephen, you can correct me if I'm wrong. The sky was down 15 of the 20 minutes in the first half. You know, so it wasn't like it was an easy game. It wasn't like they came out and you know, just dominate it like they did uh, versus Indiana Fever, right? Um, They were down, so they had to play from behind for most of the first half. And, you know, anytime you're playing a healthy Nafisa Collier, you know, you're you're in trouble. Nafisa's one of the top five players in this league, in my opinion. Um, so it was just great to see there, and I will use this word a lot as we talk about the Chicago sky and the word is resiliency. I thought they showed a great deal of resiliency, even at the end when Minnesota came back and cut it to what they cut it to like three points there at the end, Mm -hmm. um, two or three points. I think they showed a great deal of resiliency and focus, um, to get that done because, you know, of, of course they ended up beating Connecticut, but. Let's be honest, you know, Alyssa Thomas didn't play very much. Dewana Bonner didn't play very much against Connecticut. Um, But so I think that they knew if that Minnesota game was a must win. Uh, You talk about, you know, it's it it got to be a little hyperbolic to me. Everyone has, has been saying this game is a must win. And I felt like they've been saying that the last 10 games. But the Minnesota game, in my opinion, there were two must win games for the sky this year. And it was at L.A., and it was at Minnesota, and um, and they got them both. And I'm sorry, home against Minnesota at LA and home versus Minnesota, and they got them both. Got it, and that speaks to 
just the the way that this team has shapeshifted into um, finding an identity and emphasizing the little things that add up into what puts them at their most optimized level of play as a group. And I think we saw the lows of that, like you mentioned in the first half, but we also saw in turn, like maybe halfway through the second quarter, they started flipping a the switch. They started getting things rolling. They started getting back to doing those little things that when they're at their best, they're identifying with, you know, the things that make that team and the individual players within it their best selves. And we saw them just pick up steam over the course of the game from halfway through the second quarter through that fourth quarter. And then again, as the cherry on top, this team has struggles with completing games, finishing games in fourth quarters. And they didn't shut the door all the way, but they did have enough resolve to keep it closed enough to where they were able to be on the positive side of this one. And I think the game in and of itself was really like a microcosm of the the stretch of the season under Emre. A lot of learning, some lows, and some highs. And when the highs hit, they show that they can compete with any team in the W, and that's including the number one seed at Las Vegas Aces, who they'll be seeing in the first round. Or it could even be a team that's in the middle of the pack like the Minnesota Lynx. And I think that just really speaks to just the leadership that this team is having, and they're starting to figure out how the pieces fit together and what to do to keep it that way. Well, they're showing growth. They're showing growth and maturity down the stretch, which is what you want. And and also, I think people tend to forget the Sky is a relatively young team. They've got a lot of first, second, third, you know, Dane Evans, third-year guy. You know, Rebecca Gardner didn't play this year, but she's a second-year guy. You know, uh, Ruthie Hebert, third-year. Um, you know, you've got your vets and Courtney and Ka and uh, Elizabeth Williams, Marina Mabry, but the, everyone around them are young. You know, they're, they're pretty young in their careers. You know, um, Parks is 31 years old. She's not young, but she's a rookie. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, uh, 26 years old, Maureen Birch, but she's a rookie. You know, so what I saw with the sky this year, particularly under Emre, was growth. And um, that was fun. And you typically don't see that, you know, with the with the professional franchise, that amount of growth in, in such a such a short period of time. But I did. I saw a lot of maturity and growth. I mean, just look down the stretch. Sky was plagued, fourth quarter issues, whole season. But they beat, uh, they won at Seattle in the fourth quarter. They won at LA in the fourth quarter. They closed it out in the fourth quarter versus um, uh, Minnesota the other night. And then even against Connecticut, yep. you know, lost a big lead goes into overtime and then they win. You know, I don't think Connecticut scored a basket in overtime. So I just like the way the sky is playing right now. I feel like they're playing their best basketball of the season right now. And they're just really primed, um, you know, going into playoffs. And I think that that sample size that you spoke to winning six of the last eight following that, I think it was six game losing streak that followed the three-game win streak that they had where they were averaging over 100 points. I think that rebounding and just recircling of everything that you need and getting and literally doing everything you needed to until the last minute for the season, I think that was just really a sign of growth for this team. And, I mean, you look at the losses that they had. If you were looking at their last eight games, you probably would have said they would lose those two games, which was against the New York Liberty and against the Las Vegas Aces. Every other game against Seattle two times at home and on the road, they won both of those games. You mentioned the game against the Sparks. They won that game also on the road. They beat Indiana on the road, beat Minnesota at home, and then concluded the season on the road against the Connecticut Sun. Those wins, those are very impressive wins for a team that's trying to find their stride late in the season. And I think ending on a six of eight um, wins to losses in that home stretch of the season when you need it most and you want to hit your peak, I think they – they're pretty much getting there. Um, and you could talk about the level of play of the team, and you could also speak to individuals. What individuals in this la in this latter stretch of the regular season have stood out to you? Well, I got to start with my girl, Sika Kone. <laughs> um, I love her. I've been a big Sika fan since James was still here when I think he, he was trying to play her early, early in the season. And then she went through that whole stretch where she just was racking up the DMPs. And then, and then Emory has built some trust, or she's built some trust. She's given Emory some some trust, I should say that. 
Um, and so he's been able to put her back in. But I love I love that young woman. And, you, you know, you can't she provides what you can't teach. Like, you know, Morgan Birch is is a more skilled, a more polished player. But Sika has the um, the athleticism and the energy that is just unmatched by anyone on, on that entire team, in my opinion. Um, she makes things happen. I, I call those players when I was in college, I would call those players mush players they make stuff happen they mush it up mm -hmm. and she does she'll get in there and she'll get a deflection or she'll get a, a rebound or you know an offensive rebound put back or she just runs so hard in transition that she draws the defenders which frees Mabry open you know on the wing or she'll turn it over she makes stuff happen on the you know on the on the negative side too but she makes stuff happen she's a mush she mushes it up and so I just love um her growth, I love what she's bringing right now. And I love that Emre trusts her enough that he can put her in at the five, he can put her in at the four. Um, you know, he can go a little smaller with her. He can go bigger with her playing her at the four with Elizabeth Williams at the five. I think she provides, She's she allows him to do some things defensively and offensively um, that maybe Morgan or Ruthie Hebert, um, you know, you know, won't do the, the way that their game is set up. Um, obviously, I, I'm a big Alana Smith fan, huge Alana Smith fan. I think that she is underrated. Um, I don't know if she'll get uh, most improved. I think she should, and we could talk about that later. I mean, I, I I think, in my opinion, it's it's undeniable. You know, you you've got someone who wasn't good enough to be in this league last year. She got cut after nine games. She wasn't good enough to play in this league. She wasn't good enough to, to make one of those roster spots. And now she comes back. She's a starter. She's averaging almost 10 points a game. You know, she's averaging seven rebounds a game. She can guard the four, you know, she's going to give you a block or a steal in like almost every game she plays in. Like, in my opinion, if that's not the definition of most improved, I don't know what is. Yeah, Jordan Canada's got better numbers, but Jordan Canada was the top you know, she was a first round draft pick. Jordan Canada, you know, is is was good enough to play, good enough to make a roster, good enough to be on the roster, good enough to get minutes last year for, you know, at Seattle. Um, so but I, re I really like the way that Atlanta's playing right now. And I think she I really hope that uh, her ankles are OK, because I don't think that. Uh, you know, Chicago has a chance uh, to go, uh, you know, on the road and beat Vegas twice or once um, without her. Um, so the, you know, and then I think Dana Evans, when Dana Evans, it's, it's not rocket science. When Dana Evans plays well, the sky wins. When Dana Evans doesn't play well, the sky loses. It's, I don't, it, you can't get any more, you know, black and white than that. I think you made tons of great points. Uh, we can start with Sika. Uh, like you said, she does the things you can't teach. You can't coach. You can't infuse into a player. They just have to come with that already, pre-installed in their system and she has that at her base at her foundation and you know regardless of what production or like you said where turnovers or um, defensive lapses she might potentially have everything she does she's going to do it at 110 miles per hour and you're never going to have to question her effort and again especially as a player in a reserve role especially even more so behind a player like Elizabeth Williams to have a player that can cause so much chaos off the bench with or without Elizabeth that's just a level of unpredictability that you put into your rotation that is just positive. Like you said, she can be plus 10 or she could be minus 10, but there's still going to be some type of impact on the game that she's going to have. And there's only so many players like that. And when you have one that you can infuse into a, especially a playoff rotation for a four-minute stretch or a three-minute stretch, and they can just cause a couple of deflections and just change the pace of the game or really neutralize the pace of the game if you're at a deficit – that's the value in and of itself there for Sika. Um, and regarding Atlanta, I mean, what can't you say? She just, she's just she's just like a tough, just tough mentally, but also tough physically to where she's not shying away from contact with anybody. She'll step up and guard Chelsea Gray on a switch in isolation by herself. Uh, obviously, obviously, she'll bang in the post with Asia Wilson. Um, she'll space the floor, pick and pop, she'll roll, she'll play on a short roll, she'll make all of the secondary reads that you need behind Elizabeth Williams when she's hedging on screens, and she'll be early and on time with her rotations. 
She diving on the floor. No one ever beats her to the floor for a loose ball, whether it's an offensive rebound. She's getting deflections. <laughs> that she just does so much for the team as a connecting piece on both sides of the ball. And I think her production in this first-round series is going to be very important, especially as a starting four. Um, and like you said, hopefully her ankle is good because they need her to be her best self for them to compete against the best team in the W. Um, and then kind of rounding it out with Dana because that was obviously another player that you can't speak about the sky without speaking to. Just hard charging, the spark plug in a reserve role. And I think my favorite thing about everything that she's bringing to the fold this season is the commanding from a point guard position, whether she's in with the reserves or if she's in with the starters. Everybody's rallying around what she's doing, either in initiating on offense or at the point of attack defensively picking up 90 to 94 feet, making a opposing ball handler turn two, three times, or on offense when she's coming down court, getting into her drives and getting into the drive and floater, drive and finish or pass out. Just the value she's bringing, you really can't put a number to. And again, especially in the playoffs against a team where you're going to be the underdog um, record-wise and in terms of talent for talent, you need all of those pieces to hit at their optimized level. And they're in the perfect position to do it. Um, I think the thing that all three of those players have in common, Stephen, is the intangibles that you you talked about. Um, the three things that those players, who are all different players, different positions, different strengths, but they're all tough. You know, they all they all have something to prove. Sika, you know, got cut from the Liberty, and James picked her up, you know, off waivers, and she's 21 years old, and she's only been playing basketball for about six years, right? Uh, six or seven years. And, you know, there's some people who didn't think she was good enough to play in this league. Um, she has something to prove, you know, uh, Alana Smith last year, she's, you know, she's bounced around this league and last year she got cut after nine games. And, you know, they, someone, someone felt like she wasn't good enough to play in this league. She's got something to prove. Dana Evans dropped a lot further in the draft. And in, in my opinion, than a former ACC player of the year should have dropped. And then, you know, she, James brings her in and she's she's five foot six. And I say this a lot on air and I don't mean it disrespectfully. She forgets she's five foot six. And I and and I mean that as a compliment. She plays in her mind, she's six feet, and that's how she plays. And she's got something to prove. And and so when you have that combination of talent, which they all are talented, but that heart, the combination of talent plus heart, then you're dangerous. You're dangerous. And then you, you know, you surround that with the superstar in Ka. You surround that with a poised, smart, intelligent, versatile veteran in Courtney Williams, and another player who plays with a complete chip on her shoulder and with an edge, and that's Marina Mabry. And it makes you a very and a coach who's playing for a, for his job. You know, you have that makes for a very dangerous team. I would not want to play the Chicago Sky in the first round. That's me. I wouldn't want to play a team like that in the first round. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And I and I like the matchup with uh, Vegas. I like that actually better than New York. Um, but I would not want to play the Chicago Sky in the first round. I think the word that really stands out for this rendition of the Chicago Sky, especially under Emory and all of the – um, additive context being brought into the fold, I think desperation. This team was, first of all, Kalia Copper at the top of everything was desperate to send a message to any doubter that may have said something negative about her. <laughs> she hears, reads, and sees everything and keeps receipts. And she was desperate to prove people wrong. Everybody wrote her off and wrote the sky off as soon as James Wade made his exodus. And, you know, that's whatever. That's people's opinions. But Kalia Copper follow that into a, a opportunity for leadership, but also an opportunity to prove herself yet again. And she's a player that's really stuck out under Emre because she's been used in some unique ways offensively in terms of showing her growth. And even more so past all this on-court stuff, just the leadership part. Like she was a player that spoke to wanting to prove a point in terms of showing that she can be a franchise player. And of course, coming with being a franchise player is able to, being able to lead put players in positions, infuse them with confidence, 
and also be able to keep yourself at an all-star, all-star or top 10 level, which she's been near the entire season. And obviously, obviously she made the all-star team. So just seeing her continue to come into her own as a player while also taking the leadership thing in stride and continuing to grow through that as well, it's been fun to see. And I think you would probably agree with it too. This team goes as she goes. And playoff Kai is a different type of animal. That's where she really stapled and really put her stamp on things in terms of her marketability and just her general brand across the W. And here she is with another opportunity, this time as the leader and the franchise player. And it's going to be fun to see how she comes with that that North Philly energy. <laughs> Playoff Kai is that uh, is the playoffs? That's where she got the KFC uh, moniker, got it. right? Got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'll be fun. I can't wait. I can't. I can't wait till tomorrow. Most definitely. All right, let's take a break and go ahead and pay the bills. So we're gonna start with Shady Rays. Uh, take on take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends over at Shady Rays have you covered. For the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that just as good as any that's just as good as any experience that you've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all though. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection of any eyewear. And they do that with every pair of sunglasses, whether that be it's, it's having issues with the lenses or they're broken or you lose them. Whatever it is, they'll replace them free of charge. And they just do so many other different things that help to just make the brand just something that's fun to market. And even if you invest, it's something that's fun to get into as well. So like I mentioned, if you break a pair, even if you've only had them for one day, they told us that they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back after every single purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact. From building playsets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime, Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like now and for years to come. If you don't have, if you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange it for a new pair or return them again, free of charge within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And now we can kind of get back to speaking to basketball. Um, looking at well, the actually, playoffs. I, I, I would actually like to talk about Shady Rays. I have. Oh, a let's pair. do it. Oh, that's that's a pleasant surprise. Let's do and, it. Yes, I have a pair of Shady Rays. So throw that promo back on there. And it's true. I lost my Shady Rays. And I did. I called the company and I said I lost my Shady Rays. And they sent me a new pair of Shady Rays. No questions asked. And I get to still get the emails from Shady Rays. I, and then I ended up buying another pair. So I have two pairs of Shady Rays. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's a, that's an unplanned um I'm playing co-sign with one of the sponsors. We always See, we're, we're not liars out here. Yeah, we we only promote stuff we love. <laughs> That's right. <Yeah>. That's right. <laughs> All right, kind of shifting back on court now. Uh, we can kind of start speaking to this first round series we got with the one and only defending champion Las Vegas Aces. Um, Coach, what sticks out to you when looking at film of the Aces or just speaking on everything that the Las Vegas Aces are? Uh, scores like dominant scores, like, uh, they're hard to guard because you've got scoring threat at four of the five positions. Um, so they're really hard to guard. Right. Um, but here's the thing that, that also stands out to me is they don't have a bench, you know, and I think they're trending down. I think, and I've I said this on air and, um, I think they're wearing down. I think since Candace has gone out, they've, they've been kind of exposed. They don't have much of a bench. Um, you look at New York and you've got um, Kayla Thornton and you've got Steph Dolson and, uh, you know, coming off the bench and you look at, uh, and then you have, um, uh, what's the, uh, the, the French player's name? Marine the, the 
Marine. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wouldn't you love to have her coming off your bench, right, Johannes? So fun. So but then fun. you you look at you look at Vegas and you've got Sydney Colson, you know, um, uh, the young lady who play who's from Iowa who played at Connecticut. Like, there's a mm-hmm. big drop off. You've got Kirsten Bell. You mm-hmm. know, there's a big drop off when you look at bench, and so. Um, and when you're looking at a series, I think it's easy to beat someone one time, but now you're looking at a series, a three game series, a five game series. It's hard. You need, your bench has got to, you know, come through for you. So if you take a look and I haven't broken down the numbers, but if you take a look at Vegas's losses this year, I would almost guarantee you that the bench production on the other team was much was much higher. Like so that means that like Chelsea had a bad game, Asia Wilson had a bad game and then you don't have anybody coming off the bench to compensate for that. Um so I think that right now Vegas is kind of trending down. I think on the flip side of that New York is trending up. I think that Sabrina Ionescu and Courtney Vandersloot have finally learned how to play together. You're talking about two ball dominant point guards and they finally figured it out. I think John Quill Jones has finally played her way into shape. Um, you know, so and Stewie's just has always just is Stewie is Stewie. So I think you're looking at two teams. And I think the defending champs are trending down. That's why I would rather play them if I'm Chicago and I think New York is playing up. So I wasn't mad at all about the seedings. Everybody was like, we don't want to play Vegas. No, I'm actually okay with with playing Vegas. I mean, look at how closely this guy played Vegas in their last game, right? So They played the Aces as close as any team not named the New York Liberty this season, actually. I believe they're averaging the second most points. Um, and they're tied for like two other teams in terms of points per game against Vegas. But just generally, the Sky play them just as well as any team, like like we mentioned, that's not named the New York Liberty. And I think that um, looking at it from the Aces perspective, you just have to have your starting lineup hit as it has pretty much all season, being one of the, the best offenses of all time. Uh, you have a player in Asia Wilson that – can do everything under the sun offensively. She can initiate, obviously playing the post, playmake, and everything else in between there. Chelsea Gray is one of the best play finishers across all of basketball, men's or women's side. In terms of late shot clock, you have your point guard with the ball in their hands. She can go get a bucket as well as anybody that you can name in all of basketball. Um, Then you add somebody like Kelsey Plum, whose three-point shot is continuing to come around. She's getting better with picking her spots with her drives. She's getting better with finishing with more consistency through contact. And she's adding a little bit more activity in the mid-range to her game. She's still cutting. She's doing a lot of little things that keep her on the floor, off the ball, in addition to everything that she is with lightning in the bottle on the ball. And then Jackie Young, spacing. She's knocking down more three-pointers this season than she has in her career. Her efficiency is up. She's just continuing to be a better version of herself. Uh, and then obviously everything that they do on the defensive side as a connected unit in that starting lineup helps to change a lot in terms of when they're scoring so much and then they're compiling stops and then scoring again in transition. That's where they really start overthrowing teams with their pace. Um, and then just kind of looking at things like you mentioned from a Chicago Sky perspective, that advantage that you can have if your reserves are hitting it the way that they should, the way that they did in six of those last eight games like we mentioned, that's going to be the template for the sky to find a way to take one win from Vegas and obviously come back home and then play your, play your chances back at home if, you know, you take whatever you can at that point. But doing the first job and getting yourself an opportunity to play in front of your home crowd with the stakes on the line, I think that's what you want most. Um, and then just kind of looking at the reserves for the sky specifically, you can't go any further than Dana Evans before anything else. But then in, a, in addition to that, Finding production from somebody like Ruthie Hebert, who also has a two-man game with Dana that can have a profound impact on the game. And then also getting the minutes from, like you mentioned, with Sika Kone bringing activity and upping the pace and just a general level of activity for this guy on the defensive side is going to be important. Um, did you want to speak any more to the reserves for this guy, or did you want to speak to another entity of the team? No, that's why I, it's all about matchups, Steven. And I just, I think that the sky matches up well with Vegas. Um, you know, the sky matched up really well this season with Dallas, you know, Dallas is a good team. And I, I think the sky swept that series, if I'm not mistaken, it's all about matchups. 
And that's why I just think the play of Dana Evans uh, is going to be so important um, because I don't think that this, the Aces have anyone coming off their bench that can match the productivity of Dana Evans. So Dana has really got to step up. Uh, she needs to be, you know, uh, Louisville ACC player of the year, Dana, that, that type of, she needs to get back in her, you know, ACC player of the year bag um, and, and bring that sort of confidence uh, to this, to this series. Yeah. She, she has to be sixth player of the year, Dana Evans. And obviously the opportunity is going to be there. I also don't think that the Aces have anybody that can stay in front of her. And we talk about her overarching impact over a game. Her being able to dictate by just getting paint touches whenever she wants to, whether that be on script in a play or going off script while something else is going on on the weak side or on the strong side and she goes the opposite direction. Just having that activity and just having her just make things happen is going to be important. I also think... Uh, a player, obviously in the starting lineup, Marina Mabry, has been in her best three-point shooting stretch over this last eight games of the regular season as well. She just took down Allie Quigley's uh, record for three-point makes in the season for the Chicago Sky in that game against Minnesota. Her continuing to knock down jump shots off the dribble, obviously she, obviously she does her thing in the catch and shoot, but off the dribble is going to be what's really important because the Aces – were comfortable in um, stretches over their three-game sample size in the regular season playing drop coverage. And obviously with drop coverage, you want to keep players from getting to the paint. With Marina Mabry, if she's coming off and she's seeing a drop and she's knocking down those three-pointers, that's going to continue to force the the uh, aces to react defensively, bringing them closer to the level of the screen. And now that allows for her to tap into a dynamic of her evolution that I feel like has been better this season, which is her – ingratiating herself with uh, holding two to the ball and then playmaking out of that. So taking those retreat dribbles, bringing the defense out, holding two, then finding somebody to hit the spray pass to, and then them playing an advantage and read and react out of that. I think that's the dynamic where if she can continue to knock down those shots and then dictate terms offensively when she has the ball, that's going to be a way for them to go at the Las Vegas Aces defense without having to run a set play, just playing and read and react. Well, the thing I love about Dana, Stephen, is that she doesn't need a ball screen. Um, you know, she doesn't need a ball screen to create for herself. In fact, she's the player who's most likely to wave off a ball screen. Um, you know, she can beat her first her first step, her first dribble. She can beat almost anybody off the first dribble. Um, here's the other thing about why I like the Aces matchup is, and this is a reason, in my opinion, um, for what it's worth, of why the sky scores so well against the aces because the aces can't afford to foul you know they can't get in foul trouble because we've already talked about it they don't have mm -hmm. a bench mm -hmm. so you know um it's just going to be a matter of whether or not the sky and that's what the aces count on they just count on the fact that we've got four guys on our team that can um that can score 20 points all on the same night you know mm -hmm. Uh, Kelsey, uh, Asia, Jackie, Chelsea, they can all score 20 points, you know, collectively, you know, each of them individually. And, and so we're going to count on the fact that we're just going to outscore you. So uh, if the, if the sky is able to figure out how they want to guard Aces ball screen and how they want to try to keep the ball out of Chelsea Gray's hands or get the ball out of Chelsea Gray's hands without leaving Kelsey Plum or Jackie Young open on the wings, um, then I think, you know, and, and Emory's a good coach. I think he's a great coach. I think he's got a great coaching staff. But I like this matchup because the Aces can't guard. They can't. They have to defend without fouling, and they haven't proven that they can do that yet. And um, so, you know, I mean, we'll, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. It'll be fun. I can't wait till tomorrow. So let's let's speak to how you think the um, sky should go about guarding the aces. Uh, in the regular season series, we saw the sky toggling through multiple schemes. Obviously, the bases being aggressive and pick and roll with Elizabeth Williams or Atlanta Smith, and having whichever of the two isn't involved rotating behind that to cover up the roller. Um, we also saw them go to switching in multiple stretches, especially over the last two games of that regular season series, and we also saw them, of course, mixing in a little bit of the two-three zone. 
Uh, I think it's going to need a natural blend of all three of those things in addition to just consistent ball pressure and just not not allowing for them to get things off easy from their creators on ball. Uh, Of those three schemes, what do you feel like is going to be the most effective for this guy and why do you think that? It's and I don't want to overcomplicate things. And I think as a coach, you know, I did this for 24 years and I think I did some of my best coaching jobs and some of my best scouting reports when I just kept it simple. So I'm just I'm just going to keep it simple. You you've got to make Chelsea Gray uncomfortable. Okay, so the best way to make her uncomfortable is to throw different defenders at her, give her a little bit of, of, of Dana, then show her a little bit of Marina's physicality, then give her a little bit of cause length. Um, I like the switching because I because you switch to maintain pressure. Um, and when you're switching versus playing versus hedging versus uh, trapping versus drop coverage, like you're not you're not leaving anybody open. And, and that's a, like Kelsey Plum is so smart and she gets her shot off so quick. So all you do is 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 you and get involved in the in the ball screen action and then you rotate over on the backside and you leave Kelsey unattended so that you can cover the roller, you know, bump the roller, jam the roller, whatever it is that you, you want to call it. By the time the aces are not, they're smart and they will skip that ball to Kelsey so fast. And the next thing you know, that's three points before I can recover back to my man or before we can rotate. So I think switching to maintain pressure and then that way you're not involving, you're not involving, you're involving yourselves in any sort of rotation, especially on the backside. Kelsey will make a living off of back, off skip threes, off threes, off the skip passes. Um, so just showing multiple defenders and different defenders at Chelsea, uh, switching to maintain pressure. And I love how Emre has really done a great job of switching his defenses. We've seen a one, two, two from him this year. We've seen a two, three zone from him this year. We've seen a four all or a five all switch. Um, I love that. So just, just keeping the aces as uncomfortable as possible. Um, you know, I love the one-on-one matchup with, uh, with Asia Wilson and Elizabeth, and I, I wouldn't go to double teaming early. Um, trust, trust Elizabeth. She's a great defender. She's one of the best post defenders in this, in this entire league. Um, she's done well against every top post player. I mean, look at what she's done against Aaliyah Boston, Boston, Mm -hmm. that poor child. She, she made her want to go back to college. Um, you know, in those games that they played. So I wouldn't go to, to doubling on, uh, off, off onto Asia early because then again, you're leaving somebody open. Um, so letting Elizabeth go one-on-one with Asia, as long as you can sustain that switching up your team defenses from zone, uh, from your two different zones back to your man and then mixing up how you guard Chelsea gray. Um, so that's just like a simple, um, you know, as I, as I can put it. And now that I just finished talking, I don't know if that was simple at all, <laughs> but that's that's what I would have to say. It was simple. That was definitely simple. And I think the other big thing in terms of um, aiding their defense is eliminating the live ball turnovers. That's been one of the biggest weaknesses of the sky all season, whether that be with James or with Emre or with both. And um, just they had they had 309 live ball turnovers, which was third in the league, third highest in the league. Obviously, there's no defense for a live ball turnover. So if you can keep yourself out of those situations, which plays into the hands of the aces, who I believe had the most points in transition or fast break points, rather, on average, like 17.8, I think, on the season. If you take that or a majority of that portion off the plate, you keep your defense set. You play your chances from there, but you have a much better chance, obviously, of playing with your defense set versus when you're scrambling in transition. So they can take care of the ball, which they were doing over the last handful of games. I think that I think that is that'll be that'll be a great um, help for their defense. What's a healthy number turnover wise that you feel like would be good for them? Is it like 13, 12? I would I think 12 might be a little bit unrealistic. 13. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it would be more realistic for them. Anything below uh, 14 is going to be jackpot. Um, I like that uh, stat that you pulled out. Where What did you say? 309 live ball yeah. turnovers? So they had 309 of their 573 live ball or turnovers were live ball. That's 53.4%. 
And then can you go even further than that and let me know um, of that, like how many points did their opponent score? What percentage of opponent's points were scored off of Sky's live ball turnovers? Not specifically. Or, or even off, off their uh-huh. Yeah, not specifically off the live ball turnovers, um, but they were they were amongst the the three worst in the league in terms of points points uh, given to opponents from that for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that was uh, uh, yeah, and that's like you you mentioned that's an Achilles that you know Achilles heel of of the sky is their turnover problem. It started you know in the beginning of the season with James, and I know that that was something that M. Ray really tried to put an emphasis on. Um, and I think that that has a lot, you know, to do with, we talked about it earlier, like the youth and inexperience of this team. Um, you know, this team's not used to playing with one another. So you have a chemistry issue. Um, you, you also don't have a true point guard, but I also will say this, if I'm not mistaken, didn't this guy have turnover issues last year with, with Courtney <laughs> Vandersloot as, as the point guard? Like, isn't Cor- that? If, Correct. Is that Candace, right? Did I just, Candace, okay. Candace made emphasis of that every post game that turnovers were the majority of the issues whenever they yeah. lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, rem- I remember that. And I, you know, this was just me as, as truly as a fan last summer. I just watched a lot of Sky games last summer. And I that was one thing that stood out to me, especially in clutch moments. Like they turned, they had some really bad turnovers uh, last year. Yeah, that's, that's, Again, it's going to be one of the biggest things for them. I think whenever whenever they're under that 14 or 13 turnover per game mark or on a single game sample, I think they won almost like 60 or 70% of those games on the season. So I think that's a big portion of their template there. Um, keeping their defense set and keeping it set by firstly scoring, but also making sure you're not giving them free reign opportunities in transition. Um, outside of that, my only other big question for you is uh, we can go ahead and get to a prediction. You can kind of give a long format of it, kind of breaking down both things, both both teams and seeing what you what you might catch your eye. Um, but what's your prediction for the series? What you thinking? Uh, uh, I'm going to be a homer. I mean, you know, I don't think it's – I, I well, here, Stephen – if Atlanta plays, then I'd like the Sky's chances, not necessarily their chances to win. I think it's going to be tough to beat, you know, uh, Vegas in a series like that, but not to get swept. I if, if, if Atlanta's playing, then I think we will see the Sky in game three back here. Uh, will it be – it will come back here, right? Isn't that right. – they went to – they played two in Vegas and they will come back here. If Atlanta's playing, then I think we'll see the Sky again. Um, which I'm excited about because, you know, I just bought a Sika Kone jersey and I want I want to get to wear it. Um, if Atlanta's not playing, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be tough. I, I, I think it's going to be tough. That's just how much I uh, value um, and respect Alana Smith as a player and what she's able to do offensively and defensively. Um, so there there you go. What's your prediction? What, what, what's your prediction? You put me on the spot. What's what's your prediction? <laughs> well, for me. I do think we'll get back to Chicago. I think this guy will lose in three. But I think it's going to be a lot closer than people are thinking it will be in terms of how competitive the games will be um, point differential-wise. I think it's going to really come down to the sky playing a full four quarters. We've seen them play against the Aces specifically two solid quarters and blow them out in a half and then ultimately – lose that game because they score less than 20 in the final two quarters of the game. Uh, We've also seen them play three quarters against this team, but not four. So seeing them put together four complete quarters on both sides of the ball and obviously in taking care of it as well is going to be important. Um, I think other things that stand out to me looking at matchups is going to be obviously the Courtney and and, uh, Elizabeth Williams pick and roll against whoever is guarding Courtney and Asia Wilson or um, Kia Stokes, seeing what they do scheme-wise to try to take that portion of the sky offense off the table because that's one of the most prolific pick-and-roll tandems in the W. Um, Seeing if Courtney can continue this player of the week space that she's been in um, in terms of scoring, getting 17 a game and knocking down all the mid-range jumpers that she wants. The opportunity is going to be there, like we mentioned, with uh, Stokes playing mostly in drop. So if she can continue to come off with the pick and roll and just create, not just scoring, but also the facilitating part of it, 
that's going to be important for them. And uh, lastly, for me, just getting production from that reserve group, like you mentioned, that's an advantage that the Sky have against the Aces that they might not have against another team, like if they played the Liberty, just off of names and the production that we've seen from those respective groups this season. So I truly think that if the Sky can get those things, they can definitely steal a game in Vegas and then bring this thing back home to Chicago. And then, like I mentioned earlier, just kind of plan things how they come from there. But all you want is a chance, and you have to give yourself that opportunity. And if you can do that, come back home to a raucous Chicago crowd that has experience in closeout games, you know, you play your chances from there. You have Kalia Copper who's able to take over a game at any given moment and go up against any other superstar or superstars. You know, you play that You play that hand. Um, was there anything else that you didn't get a chance to speak on um, that you – Kind of have an eye on or anything? Uh, no. Uh, I just think that this has just been um, a season of resiliency for the Chicago Sky. Uh, they've had every reason to not still be playing. You know, uh, they lose their coach. They were picked to finish 10th, a new team, a young team, all that. It's just been a season of resiliency. And if you look at these players as individual, you could say the same thing about a about each of them. I mean, Courtney Williams has had an opportunity to kind of reinvent herself, you know, after her off the, you know, uh, core issues. And she's come back, in my opinion, just very mature and showing a great deal of growth and leadership and, you know, even playing a new position. You know, Atlanta Smith, we've talked about her story. Kone, we've talked about her story. Um, you know, Marina Mabry, she's a, a star. She's in more of a star role now versus a, being a role player, you know. And a lot of people criticized her contract and what the sky gave up to give her. And I, and I feel like she's living up to, you know, her value. Like she's just playing out of her mind, you know, um, and giving the sky fans a lot to be excited about. So I just feel like this has just been a season of resiliency as the, as a franchise, but also individually for these players. And I'm excited uh, for them. I'm excited for the future of this franchise. I'll be excited to see who they hire as a coach. And if you're not a Sky fan um, and you live in the city, then sh like shame on you um, <laughs> because there's so much to be excited about um, in terms of, of what this organization is, is doing. I mean, making the playoffs now five seasons in a row, that's something that no other Chicago team at this point can say. So if if supporting a winning team is what your real alignment is as, as far as your fandom and support, you can't look any further than the, the team that's brought the most recent championship to the city as well. Um, they even Yo, through multiple renditions. I, you know, I just moved here full time. I just moved here in May. And so now I'm trying to immerse myself into Chicago culture. I just watched the Bears play the other day. And I'm like, come on, this is your team. Like, this is your team. Like, come on, y'all better jump on that Sky bandwagon. That's a sensitive topic. Very sensitive here at CHO sorry, Studios. Sorry. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and get to a couple of questions we have, uh, a couple of comments we have from the fans supporting. First of all, thank you for you all support always. Uh, Coach, we have a question specifically for you from Robert Abram. He said, Coach, is there any free agents out there for next season that could improve the sky to serious contenders next season? Uh, yeah, there was one, um, but she just re-signed with the uh, Seattle Storm. Um, you know, it's funny, I was, I was looking at that and I was like, oh, um, because Tip Hayes for Connecticut, she's gonna be a free agent, but I was like, she's kind of old, you know. She's, you know, this is, I think, her 10th year in the league and, um, you know, there was another one that I really liked who actually just resigned. I can't remember who it was, but it was when I was scouting. So right now I'd have to really do, um, a deep dive, uh, because I think it's going to be tough. Like the, the good ones, you know, Skylar Diggins, she's, she'll be a free agent next year. Uh, but then it's just like, you know, she plays point guard, but like, where does she fit in with this roster that's already assembled? So it's not just about like what good free agents are out there. You've also got to take into consideration what the needs are for the sky and how they fit in with the existing players. I would love to see the sky keep Courtney, um, 
you know, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I would love to see the sky keep Elizabeth Williams. You know, uh, I think she signed for an additional year. If I'm not mistaken, Stephen, you might know that, or maybe this, it was a one-year deal, but it's not just about what free agents are out there, Robert. It's about what free agents are out there that fit this culture of the sky and these players that we know are coming back. Well said, well said. And then we have another question here from John. John asked, has Emre done enough to be the coach for the future? That's a great question. Um, here's my deal. I, I Like you guys, I read the news and I see some of the names that are being floated around. And if those, and I'm not impressed, to be honest with you. And if those are some of the names that are being floated around, then you might as well keep Emre because I think the fact that he's kept this team together, that these players have gotten better. Elizabeth Williams has gotten better because of the ball screen offense that Emre has has implemented. Um, you know, uh, Sika Kone has gotten better. Um, Courtney Williams has continued to grow. You know, Marina Mabry has gotten better from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. So I think the fact, and Emre will never take credit for that, but I think I've coached long enough to know that the way you coach does have an impact on how the how your players play. And I think he's done a phenomenal job of, of, of just really taking a tough situation and making the most of it. You've watched him really kind of settle in after the first few games. I felt like it was a little rocky for him, but his execution coming out of ATOs, that's coaching. Nice. Um, you know, how hard his team plays, it's coaching. The improvement of his players is coaching. The improvement of their turnover situation down the stretch is coaching. And so if you take a look at some of the names that are being floated around there, then then you might as then your guy is here, then you might as well keep him right now. If you can go and you can get uh I don't know, I'm, I'm not even gonna throw names out there, but if you can go and get a coach who's a proven winner, who's proven that they can be successful in this league, that's different. But I haven't seen that based on some of these names that are being tossed around. I would love to see Emre finish what he started, if that's what he wants. I mean, who knows, even knows if that's what he wants. But unless you can go and get someone who's a who's who's a proven winner in this league, um, then I don't have a problem with keeping Emre. I feel like he's done enough. I, too, also feel like he's done enough. Um, and I've spoken on, on Twitter, on the podcast, and also in writing formats about uh, the different dynamics that he's added to the team, the different styles of pick and roll that he's brought in, like Spain pick and roll, uh, more two-player and three-player actions with handoffs on the outer thirds and things like that, had that have continued to just evolve this team in terms of building their cohesion and having the pieces fit together a little bit better than they did uh, earlier in the season. And having the players buy into that and also trust you enough to do the things that you're asking them to do consistently, that's leadership, that's coaching. And now you add that to a, a more fair sample size to where he has a training camp in addition to preseason, in addition to the early parts of a regular season to generate that buy-in and to continue to build his system the way he wants it to. I truly think that he's the coach for this type of roster. Like you mentioned, a team that runs multiple pick and rolls per possession, a team that likes to get out in transition. I think he has the right roster around him. I just hope that the franchise trusts that enough. That remains to be seen, but I do think he's done enough to warrant himself um, at least um, being considered to be the coach moving forward. Uh, I agree. That being said, if you don't have anything else to add, we can go ahead and wrap. The only thing I want to say is I just have to a slight correction because Lisa Byington and Jason Ross and Matt Schumacher would kill me. Um, so my role on the broadcast is I'm an analyst. So I'm a color analyst. Those guys are the play by plays. So and I don't want to take anything away from them. And I, I just do want to thank Matt Schumacher and Jason Ross and Lisa Byington, especially uh, for how much help, because I, I'm, I'm new at this analyst gig, you know, and uh, those guys have been so patient with me. And so hopefully the sky will have me back next summer. But otherwise, you'll, you can catch me on Big Ten Network this uh, during this women's basketball season. And you might be new to analyzing live games with a microphone in your face, but you are not new to speaking basketball. And I think when that's <laughs> at the foundation, everything else just kind of comes in stride. And you got that part 
uh, times 50. So we appreciate all of your insights and all of your just real-time reaction to things going on on the court. I think it's an underrated skill to have in this space that not everybody can do. And obviously you do it and you're also hip to um, the climate of culture and being able to add the lingo and there's a different type of engagement that you're able to bring out of the viewing uh, experience. So thank you again for hopping on the podcast and all of your contributions to the live broadcast. And um, that being said, this is your latest episode of the CSGO Sky Show. This is Steven with Coach Miller. We are out. Peace.